Hello and welcome to this week's Football Digest Extra Time. I'm Ned Keating, uh, video journalist at the Daily Mirror and I'm joined this week by Dominic Booth of the MEN. Dom, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Um, so you're obviously with us this week to, to go through the Manchester derby. Um, not one that's going to live too long in the memory. Uh, very few chances for either side. Um, quite dull at times really, probably a dull draw is the best way uh, to sum it up. Um, you watched the game on, on Saturday, what were your initial thoughts coming away from it? Yeah, it was dull, it was it was two teams playing with the handbrake on, wasn't it? I think both teams more afraid of losing the game than than trying to win it, which we've seen a few times this season. I think the, the absence of fans is starting to really play its part, especially in these big games now. Uh, there's no way that an Old Trafford crowd would have allowed uh, United to be as as sort of cautious as they were, I guess, in the, in the final stage of the game, especially when I thought City were definitely there for the taking um, on Saturday. It was a pretty average City performance. It was probably a slightly better United performance than it was a City one. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said that he thought it was their best ever performance against City under him, which... I will probably debate, but uh, yeah, a dull, a dull one. But I think probably um, I'm a Man United writer, so from a United perspective, I think it's probably a point gained rather than two lost, especially with the results around the Premier League this weekend. You mentioned there about the Solskjaer's comments where he spoke and, and said that he felt that it was the best way um, that he'd seen United play in the derby under him in what is it two years now, isn't it? We're approaching uh, with him at the helm. But do you think he has that that right to be that optimistic or? Yeah, is it just off the fact that it had been a bad week for United in Europe and, and that may have swayed his his belief that it was such a good performance in the end? Well, it was a better performance than the one in Leipzig. So maybe he's optimistic off the back of, of that because the performance in Leipzig was absolutely uh, dreadful. This one was probably more control that United have had over a derby. I think that's what, what he was touching on there, that United, I think they had 45% possession, which I think was the best they've had in a derby for six or seven years or something like that because we know what this City team are about especially under Guardiola keeping the ball and and pressing for long periods United didn't really allow them to do that which I think anyone would see as a positive but I don't think that will really wash with fans for, for very long they need to be creating chances down the other end and United didn't do that enough at Old Trafford on Saturday I know in your job you are Manchester United writer for the MEM, but just a brief word on Manchester City that you touched on it about how they approached the game. And they, were, they weren't the Manchester City of old, were they? The, the ones that we've been used to uh, for, for a really attacking side from Pep Guardiola. They they were almost very keen just to let Man United have the ball on Saturday. And it was, it was very different perhaps to what we've seen before from Guardiola sides. Yeah, it was odd, wasn't it? I, I just... I don't know whether it was the absence of Sergio Aguero up front, which left him a little bit blunt. Kevin De Bruyne looked like he was something wasn't quite right with him. He didn't look entirely fit, maybe. Raheem Sterling never seems to score against Manchester United. I think that's 22 games now that he hasn't scored against them. So, yeah, it was an, it was an odd one. And I think Guardiola is probably accepting that his squad does have some limitations at the moment. We don't seem to have the attacking depth maybe that they've had in previous years I think if you take one or two players out of the team they don't look like title contenders but then we know what they can do on their day especially against the, the smaller teams they can really blow them away so I think it's it is sort of like a you have to take it with a pinch of salt I think this weekend I know we saw 
the Sky Sports pundits, Gary Neville, Michael Richards and Roy Keane getting a very heated debate after the game. But I don't actually think it's one of those games where you can you can't really feel too much either way. And I think City they'll probably be quite content with the point despite, like you say, a pretty poor performance. So you feel then that Manchester City were, were maybe the big winners, even though there was no winners on the day that from the weekend, um, City would probably be happier with the point, as it were, rather than perhaps Man United, or, or maybe equal for both sides then? I think equally content. Yeah, I think that's why there was that lack of intent at the end of the game, because I think both teams thought it was a decent point, especially with, with fixtures coming up and... United especially have a few uh, fairly winnable ones around the corner, which they'll probably feel that they can gain ground. And then I don't think what either team saw coming was the fact that Liverpool and Tottenham would both draw their games on Sunday, which sort of keeps them really bunched up, doesn't it, in that title race? They're all... You, yeah, I think you can call it a title race between seven or eight teams at the moment. They're all bunched together and that that benefits both sides and it sort of indicates the way they, uh, they turned out with the derby performance. Yeah, it certainly has been a strange season, um, you know, especially as well for Manchester United. That There's been probably so much written about how um, oh, Solskjaer's under pressure, how United aren't performing well. But as you said, they're still really, really in touch with that game in hand that they've got. And they're still only two points behind Tottenham. So for United, yeah. it, it's a strange one, isn't it? That you see so much negativity probably written about it, but they're actually still doing all right at this stage in the season. Yeah, I mean, it comes with the territory of Manchester United, doesn't it? That the expectations are absolutely sky high. And I think Solskjaer knows that. He can live with that. He knows after every defeat, there's going to be discontent on social media. It's almost every defeat now that he's, he tends to trend Ollie out on, on social media, which I, I think is ridiculous and is, is over the top. But it just shows the, the fine margins that United are operating under and will continue to do so no matter who the manager is. But if you take the Champions League exit out of the equation, it has been a decent season for United. It's, it's bizarre that they are so close to the, to the top of the table, considering they've only won one of six home games this season. But Solskjaer will take that as a, as a positive that they are in the mix and it, he'll believe that they can go on a bit of a surge of form. And that's all it will take, isn't it? You, you just need probably four or five wins on the back of each other and you can probably be near the top of the table at the moment. It's... Uh, it's a, I think it's more exciting, isn't it, this season? Indeed. <laughs> As a Spurs fan in particular, it's very exciting. Um, big big story for Man United over the past week was Paul Pogba um, and comments from Mino Raiola uh, just ahead of that Leipzig game, um, suggesting that his, his time at Old Trafford was coming to a close. Um, it's not the first time that Mino has been uh, talking to the press about Pogba's future, trying to agitate a move uh, for, for his client. Just wanted to get your kind of thoughts on on whether or not it was the right decision for, for Solskjaer to start Pogba at the weekend, uh, especially having put him on the bench against Leipzig, uh, to, to recall him for such a big game after such a, a mess of a week involving Pogba. Yeah, I think a lot of people would see it as, as weak management from Solskjaer to, to play Pogba and to, to keep him as a big part of the squad. I mean, you only have to look at what, I know Mikel Arteta and Arsenal are not having a very good time at the moment, but what he's done with Meza Ozil and basically, you know, sending him out and isolating him from the rest of the squad due to uh, an ongoing issue between the club and, and Ozil. I think United could have done a situation like that with Pogba. They could have completely cut ties with him, but there's, it's not really Solskjaer's modus operandi to, 
to do that, he, he'd much rather play the more political, the diplomatic card when speaking about Pogba. And I can understand him picking him. Pogba's still a good player. And I think he was actually one of United's better players in the derby at the weekend. He certainly um, was probably one of the best players against West Ham the week before, although he wasn't great uh, against Leipzig. Or actually, he did OK against Leipzig. Nobody else did. It's just a difficult one knowing what to do. The best... The best conclusion for United that I can think of is that they need to just get rid in January because a whole season of this debate whether Solskjaer should or shouldn't be playing Pogba after everything that Raiola has said and obviously he doesn't have a future at United but but yeah it's just it's just a tricky one to know what to do I think United just need to cut ties with Pogba as soon as possible and and put this mess behind them it's been a sort of four and a half year spell of questions over Paul Pogba and it just it might feel like a weight off the shoulders of United if they they finally got rid. Do you think it's frustrating for the player as well? Um, it's undoubtedly frustrating for the club and, and Man United and their fans and, and having to go through this what almost every six months just ahead of every transfer window. Rayola seems to to tell the press about how much he wants to move Pogba on and get into a different club but but for the player himself um, you know for him to think that his agent probably still does have his best interest at heart, but it can't be good for him. You know, there's probably a lot of players out there that just want to crack on and, and get on with the game rather than hearing their agent speaking so much in the press. You'd hope that would be the case. And I think with some players it would be the case, but the thing that Pogba defended Raiola about, yeah, or spoke to spoke about Raiola about on his Instagram page, wasn't the fact that Raiola has been agitating for him to get a move it was the reports in Germany that there was some sort of rift between the two and that Pogba was considering changing agents so that's the thing that Pogba was unhappy with not the fact that his agent has been saying he wants to leave he's unhappy he wants to go to Real Madrid so that tells you where Paul Pogba's head is at at the moment he didn't speak out after the the comments on Monday which came on the eve of a really important game for United he chose to speak out about a different matter altogether so he sides with Raiola it's not going to be the case that Pogba speaks out and says listen Raiola's wrong he shouldn't be saying this Pogba will keep his silence on on those issues and he will hold out for a move to Real Madrid or Juventus probably in the summer um which yeah as I said before it means a maybe a very tricky few months for for Solskjaer and United trying to negotiate this this saga which it has become now isn't it if yeah, absolutely. Um, if Pogba was to to move on uh, in January or, or indeed even in the summer, um, United probably already have a, a ready made replacement in the squad in in Donny Van der Beek, and that brings us on to some comments that we've had uh, already from a few people. Um, you know, Demoy James probably sums them up the best, asking, you know, why do you think Van der Beek's not getting games at the minute? You know, big signing in the summer hailed as this great playmaker but it seemed a strange one at the time because United already had Fernandes and Pogba in the squad and, and Van der Beek's a, a very similar player in that respect in that he will be setting up the chances for you. Yeah I think I said earlier in the season when this this was a bit more of an issue that it's fine for, for Solskjaer to show patience with Van der Beek. We've, we've seen a lot of managers in the Premier League do this with, with signings from uh, Continent in their first seasons. You know I don't think Naby Keita got much time when he first arrived at, at Liverpool. Even City with the likes of Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, even people who've come in from the Premier League have been given a bit of time to gel into, into big teams. So I'm sort of willing to to give Solskjaer um, a lot of slack on this one. I think that Van der Beek has come in every now and then and he's done well. 
it doesn't really have a place in the in the first choice team in a very balanced United first choice team. I don't think at the moment. I think uh, Solskjaer likes to go with Fred and McTominay in front of the back four, uh, Fernandez in the number ten role. So that that excludes both Pogba and Van der Beek. But I think in time Van der Beek can probably adapt into one of those two Fred and McTominay roles. So yeah, I I think United fans, a lot of United fans are quite fair, fairly relaxed about. Van der Beek's game time. I know Louis van Gaal said um, that Van der Beek made the wrong decision in joining United. I mean, it's not like Louis van Gaal to, to be outspoken and controversial in any way. Um, yes, I think United are, are, are getting it actually right on van der Beek. I think it's it's not the huge issue that some are making it out to be. And as you said, I think he is the, the long-term successor to Pogba, only 23 and yeah, a, a very talented midfielder. United just need to, to make the best use of him you know, in the next three or four years and not worry about the next three or four weeks. Dom, I know we've got you on to talk about uh, the Manchester derby uh, at the weekend, but it'd be remiss of us uh, to have a Man United writer on and, and not discuss what happened last week in the Champions League. Um, sadly crashing out. And I think uh, I saw the statistics about how someone had run an algorithm and after the first couple of games United were 93% uh, had a 93% chance of, of making it through to the knockout stages they looked to be in control of the group and and unfortunately it just went away from them in the end didn't it yeah and a lot of people go back to that game uh, in Istanbul against Bazak Zahir which they, they just shouldn't have lost and it, you go back to it and they only really needed a point from that game to to get through to the, the knockout stages and having Played so well in the first two games against PSG away, and then that five-nil drubbing of Leipzig, confidence was high, and I can understand why it was 93% for them to get through. You could not have foreseen a situation like that Istanbul game, with that one ball over the top after a United corner, uh, letting Demba Bar through on goal, and then some abject defending for the second goal as well. That was just United at their very worst this season, and they've paid a huge price for for not getting anything out of that game. Obviously, they could have turned it around in Leipzig. They should have played better than they did in Leipzig. And I think Solskjaer was too tentative in, in that game with his approach with the five at the back and Matic and McTominay in midfield. I just think, yeah, United have this propensity under Solskjaer to be wildly inconsistent and to produce some abject displays every now and then. And they came at the worst time in the Champions League campaign. Uh, another uh, few months in the Europa League or ahead of uh, United in, in 2021. They made it through to the semi-finals last year, um, but in terms of this year, this squad and, and the teams that are left in the tournament in the Europa League, do you think they can go, you know, not just one step better and reach the final, but maybe two steps better and, and win it this year? I think it depends if they want to. I think there's a temptation now because obviously United didn't want to be in the Europa League. I think there's a an outcry from fans of absolute anguish when they were ended up in the Europa League, finishing third in the group. So it could be an opportunity for Solskjaer to rotate his team, to play the youngsters, to make sure players are fresh for the Premier League, which did at the time of last season. Obviously, you can't really do that with the Champions League. You have to play your strongest side. So Solskjaer has to balance out his uh, priorities. It may depend on the league form over the next few weeks before the Europa League starts again. If United are doing well, if they're in touch with, let's say, the top two or three in with the title chance, there's no way that he will play the strongest team in the Europa League. If United are fifth, sixth, outside the, uh, the top four, then obviously the Europa League becomes a 
priority because it gives that automatic qualification spot to the winner. Of course. Um, looking back to more domestic matters, uh, next game for Manchester United. So it's the start of a busy period for you know, all teams that are challenging. Uh, obviously, this week we've got Premier League midweek. We've got games at the weekend. Then you've got the Carabao Cup next week. And then you've got the Christmas schedule. But at the start of all of it for United this week, uh, away to Sheffield United on Thursday. And looking at the table, you can't see anything other than a gimme for United, can you? No, you can't. But as it has fans who watch United this season will say, this is exactly the kind of game that they will slip up in. There was a, a very, very chaotic game between these two teams last season at Bramall Lane that uh, finished 3 all. It sticks in everyone's memory, that one, I think. It was just the way that it went. United, again, were, were very, very poor and, and then produced some wonderful football. Should have won the game and then drew it. So I know Sheffield United are not the side that they were last season now. Um, but United have to be really careful. I think if they play to their their best level, they will win the game easily. But I, I just don't have any trust in them. They're just too inconsistent at the moment. It, it kind of um, it fills supporters with dread when they come up against a team who everyone says they they should just be swatting aside. If I had to push you for a prediction, having said all that, I am going to predict a United win. Um, I don't think it'll be too straightforward. I think. Maybe two two nil United, yeah two nil. I think for once they won't go behind in an away game. They they may actually uh, take the lead and control the game. Of course. Um, well, Dom, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, today. It's been great to get your insight on Manchester United. Uh, be sure to to follow Dom and, and his colleagues and yeah, get the latest news on Manchester United from uh, the Manchester Evening News. Um, all that's left for me to say is uh, to listen out for the main show that we've got coming up on Thursday, uh, where we've got some of the uh, writers from our national titles uh, coming on to, to take a look back at some of the biggest talking points. I'm sure Paul Pogba, Man United and the Derby will probably be discussed on that as well in even more depth. Um, but thank you for listening. And of course, keep up to date with everything uh, across Reach's titles, the Mirror, the Express, the Daily Star, or of course our regionals, uh, like with Manchester Evening News. Thanks again for watching and uh, we'll be back soon.